Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so glad to be with you today. Our topic today is lovingly giving and accepting correction. I'm really not sure what made me want to dig into this one, but after I did, I was so glad I did. So I pray this episode will be a blessing to you too, as it was to me in prepping it. So I took the month of February off as my hubby and I headed south for almost a month. And you all would know that if you were email subscribers, because I did get these updates out. So if you're not an email subscriber, it's totally free please sign up. I don't email often, but again, you get this, you get access to the library of free printables. I'll send out various articles, videos, books, podcasts, things that encourage me or I learned from, or we're just, um, even if I come across some freebies or downloads, or I don't even know, conferences, neat things to share. I send that out to my email subscribers and I usually share a short devotional in it too, but it's really just some resources that encourage me that I'm sharing with you. So if you want to do that, I'll link to it in the show notes or you could sign up, you could find it at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com backslash free library too. So part of my time when my husband and I go down south is to look at the year ahead and I plan out my spiritual goals. Goals, I can speak, I've got this. I plan out my spiritual goals and I'll link to how I do that in the show notes to have a podcast on that episode and um, a PDF um, to purchase if you wanna walk through it. But part of what I do is I plan that out for the upcoming year. It's just a little bit of downtime for us. So my husband works down there too, but we love the warm weather and it is just a good place to kind of take some time to just look ahead. And one of those areas that I work through as I work through these spiritual goals is my work area. And that that's really part of that is the blog. So I had some ideas and changes that I wanted to make for the, um, the Homemaking Matters membership site. And I'm excited about them. And I really, I want to share just really quickly with you before we dig in. So just give me your ear for a minute here. I talk fast so I can work through it pretty quickly. But a big issue I was dealing with was Facebook because it's an integral part of being in the community. And I've got many messages from some of you about um, what that looks like. And I wanted to find a way to get around it for those ladies who don't use Facebook so you too could be part of the community. Well... Now it is possible for you to take part in all the same teachings and the live videos if you're not on Facebook. Some of the videos are recorded, um, even for those in the Facebook group, they're just recorded videos, and the ones that are live are now via Zoom. So if this was holding you back, please come join us and check it out. I think you'd love it. Um, Facebook is still an option. I'm not getting rid of that group. If, if you're on it, the group is there. It's fun. It's interactive. But all the teachings are accessible on the membership site and the live times together are via Zoom. And there's a member forum now for you to take part in too, where you can ask questions, share tips, encouragement to one another. So if you've wanted to join us and that has held you back, we'd so love to have you with us. And truly, just to be with you in there. It's a place where we are working on building good and godly habits in our walk with the Lord and in our homes, and we encourage one another in that. 
Um, one more fun addition to it is all the courses and printables that are available for purchase from Thankful Homemaker are now just included in the membership site. And as I add new courses to purchase, um, they will also just be included as part of the membership. So that's an added bonus. We are currently this month for the month of March um, 2022, as I'm recording this, we're continuing to study through the book of 1 Peter. Um, We do that via Zoom. Our coffee chat is also via Zoom. And this month we're talking about contentment together in that. Um, Our home mission is on food and fitness to the glory of God. And I've been working through that a little bit today as I've been prepping for this even. And I think I'm going to add sleep into that mix. And there's just so much more. Uh, I could go on and on, but I really wanted to share that with with you because this membership site, it's been a dream of mine um, to just have a, a more intimate connection with my online community. And I do so love my time with each of these ladies. They are so dear to me. And as we interact and we see each other and we get to talk to one another, we get to know each other more and more. I've messaged many of them. I've had phone calls with them. It's just been very sweet. And it's really where I'm pouring my time and effort online in this season of my life. So we'd love you to join us. Remember always, there's no long-term commitment. So come check us out. You can get all the details at homemakingmatters.com or the link will be in the show notes too. And I'm always, always here, ladies. If you have any questions, you can message or email me here at the blog. And also, I've got a little bit more housekeeping and we're almost there. We're going to pick back up on the Sermon on the Mount this month, but this episode has been on my heart and mind to do. Um, So again, it was titled Lovingly Giving and Accepting Correction. So I don't know about you, but I don't always take correction well initially. Usually I, I come around, but sometimes it takes me much longer than it should. Pride is such an ugly sin, isn't it? Ugh. Proverbs 15.32 tells us, Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Well, I would sure like to be the one considered to gain intelligence and not the one who despises himself. So what about you? How many times in your life have you been corrected, maybe even lovingly, by someone and your reaction was not a very Christ-honoring one? What's even more difficult is how many times were those corrections needed because they were right? Maybe the correction came from your spouse or a dear friend or a family member. My husband, um, being the closest one to me, he lovingly corrects me the most. And I know I should be really thankful when he points out how I mishandled or didn't respond properly in a situation. And many times my response to him is not very kind initially. And even though I may not, I may not even verbalize that to him, it, it, it may, I may just let it go and it may look like I'm taking it okay. Um, but what I'm feeling at that moment and what I'm thinking, um, maybe feelings of hurt or anger, they, they're real because they're happening, right? They're my emotions, they're my feelings, but it doesn't make them right. So we can tend to think as the world does that these feelings are just natural and we should just openly express what we're feeling. We should just be honest about it. Well, that's, that's not true. If our feelings are wrong or if our feelings are sinful, it's not going to get any better by expressing them verbally. Whether or not the correction was justified or right does not give me the right to respond with a sinful attitude or in my thoughts. 
Those are those moments I need to take those thoughts captive to the Lord in prayer and bring them to a right biblical thinking before I express them. But the Lord brings about these difficult situations for our good. If you're in Christ, you know that he is working everything for your good, so for our good, right, and for his glory. And that doesn't mean that it's easy or that the correction we're receiving it's still going to be really difficult to hear or maybe to deal with or to accept. It may not even be right. It could be wrong, possibly. But the thought of our pride or ego or being hurt because someone has seen an area of weakness in our life, that can be really humbling. We need at those moments to take our eyes off ourselves and how others see us, right? And we need to put our eyes on Christ in those moments really in all moments as I state that in that thought there. But but truly, this is the time to give thanks to God for revealing these areas that need to be brought into obedience to God's word. So what does a right response to correction, whether or not the correction is done right or done lovingly in humility, what does that look like? So we're going to be sinfully corrected in our lives and we are going to sinfully correct others. Think about this. Are you a parent? You probably know this already. I am sure you have not perfectly corrected your children every time they have done something that needed correction. But in talking about us, what should we do at Believers? So first off, I know that one I don't do often enough, and I just shared it a moment ago, but is is to pray before you respond. Just pray. Ask the Lord to grant you a spirit of humility and that we would see the truth in the correction and not just block it out because we don't like what we're hearing. Then another one I need help with, and obviously this episode, like all of them, are for me, but we need to take the time to listen to what is being said, not to block it out, not to get defensive, not to get angry, and pray, pray, pray that you will respond in humility and extend to them grace and mercy. You've been shown much grace by God. You can show much grace to others if you are in Christ then thank them for loving you enough. I know this sounds, right? It's it's so anti the world's way of thinking. But we need to thank them for loving us enough to be concerned and for trusting your relationship to overcome the fear of man in dealing with whatever the issue was that needed to be addressed or corrected. We need to put on the mind of Christ. When we're responding in anger, That is sin, right? I had a whole podcast on that from the Sermon on the Mount. And my reminder is it is never okay to sin against sin. We need to pray with the hope to respond in the spirit and let God renew our minds. I'm thinking there Romans 12, 1 and 2, so we can see clearly that the reproof may have been necessary and for our benefit. Our natural minds, they don't like to be told they're they're wrong. At least I'm speaking for myself here. Um, We would prefer to be right, and I, I know, at least I would, but the mind of Christ will be submissive to correction and truth, knowing that it will draw them closer to him. I know in those moments when I am, when my heart is submissive and it's open to correction and it's open to truth, I'm going to draw closer to Christ. And but in our pridefulness, I'm going to put a wall up if I'm being prideful. We will just, we're just going to want to dismiss the correction or criticism instead of truly examining ourselves and asking the Lord to change us if this is true about us. There are blessings that come from a right response. When you put on the mind of Christ and you respond in a God honoring way, any feelings of anger or bitterness that would have been welling up in you, 
they're dissipated. They're set aside. You've been made aware of an area of sin in your life that you need to turn over to Christ and ask him to help you overcome. And in those moments, the Lord has not been dishonored in that interaction, but he's been glorified in and through your right response through the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Elizabeth Elliot said, submission to the authority of Christ brings authority over self. I really like that quote. We need to be reminded. We need to bring it back to the gospel, right? We need to repent of these sins that were brought to our attention. We need to give thanks to the Lord that he, then pray that he's going to give us the grace needed to overcome them. It was because of our sin that Jesus had to go to the cross. Thank them when they correct you thank them because it's reminded you of the gospel, right? And pray that they will let you know when they see you dishonoring the Lord. We have the power to change through him, capital H there, who saved us through Jesus. Be thankful for friends who help to see us where we need to change. That's true love. Give thanks for the reminder of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It is only in the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that we have hope and that we have hope to change. One commentator um, I was reading, he shared a quote that they came across from Martin Luther about personal criticism from unfriendly critics. And this was Martin Luther's take. He said Luther's point was that no matter how bad the personal criticisms, no matter how accurate or inaccurate the accusations, he said there is more sin in each of our hearts than a critic could ever discover. So let's kind of turn the tables here. And what about if we're the ones who need to do the correcting? We don't often think of gentleness as a godly virtue. Um, if we are to correct others, God's word calls us to do it in a spirit of gentleness. People are fragile, and we must take great care in speaking truth to one another, especially when we see a sin that needs addressing in one another's lives. My, my husband is really gifted in this area. He can say really hard things in a gentle and yet firm and kind and loving way. When he needs to correct others, it's done with a spirit of gentleness. I, I'm really thankful for his precious care he takes with my heart when it needs to be redirected um, back towards truth. I had an issue I was struggling with. I was thinking wrongly about a relationship, and I knew that I was sinning in my thoughts and my words regarding the situation. My husband, he patiently just listened. He spoke truth to me very kindly, but direct, and he left it there, and he took it to the Lord in prayer. Doug, my Doug, he allowed the Lord to work in my heart. He didn't badger me. He didn't continue to correct me. But after the situation had been settled in my heart and mine with the Lord, then he and I were able to talk about it. And Doug knew because I'm in Christ, I don't like to let my sin linger. It bothers me. The Lord continues to convict me and discipline me. And Doug just gently and kindly spoke the truth and he let the Lord do the work in my heart. So what about you? Are you able to speak gently and lovingly when addressing a sin in someone's life and then let the Lord do his work? My husband said a sweet example to me of gentle correction as is laid out in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 to 26. I want to read these to you. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness, 
God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So these passages, they lay such a clear way out of how we're to correct others within the body of believers. First off, we're to avoid foolish arguments. I know the first step before we approach anyone to correct them is to make sure we are looking out for their best and we're not just trying to correct them because we think we're right and we think they're wrong. It needs to be done in a spirit of love and care for the other person. Even if we know we are right and they're wrong, it still needs to be done in a spirit of love and care for the other person. Make sure that you've removed that log from your eye before you're digging at that speck, right? Make sure your heart motive is for Christ to be honored in their life and in your life and not just to be right. Determine if this is a situation that needs to be addressed or is it one that can be overlooked in the spirit of 1 Peter 4, 8 of love covering a multitude of sins. Um, this is not exhaustive, but just, just a couple other things I want to throw by you to think through here. Is it an important issue where doctrine is at stake? Is this a major sin issue in their life that needs addressing? What's your goal? Is it to win the argument or to help your brother or sister in Christ to grow in godliness? I'm focusing here um, on relationships closest to us, probably those within our own four walls of our homes where it's going to happen, but this would still be a text to work through on other relationships where biblical correction may be needed. I mean, we know that within our church families, um, even online communities, wherever we're interacting with other believers. So what if you've determined that this issue needs to be addressed? What's the next step? So it needs to be corrected with gentleness, all right? We don't want our correction of someone to turn into an argument because now we're both sinning and that's not really helping anything. We are able by the spirit of God within us to address an issue in a calm and loving spirit. Always, always, always pray before you even begin to address anything. Maybe when you're before you're addressing it with a person, maybe pray together if you can. Seek the Lord first and seek his help first. If we find ourselves, if we begin to raise our voice or argue, we are no longer coming out of love for the other person because now we're in sin. This is to be reminded of as you're correcting your children too. Correction must be done with the gentleness and same care a nursing mother gives to her child. The word kind in verse 24 um, that the Apostle Paul uses there in 1 Corinthians 2. I'm gonna, I've, lost, I've lost my reference, but I'll put it in the show notes um, so you have it. I put in 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, but I don't think that's right. But maybe it is. It's when he's comparing himself to a nursing mother caring tenderly for her own child. So ponder that. When you approach someone, correct them. Are you approaching them with that type of spirit? Are you gentle with them as a nursing mother would be with her child? The person you're correcting, you're correcting may come back and they may begin to point out your flaws at this point too, or some issues they see. I think of this so often in marriage when something needs to be addressed because we know the good, the bad, and the ugly about one another, and we can all be so prideful. Pray for patience to respond with meekness and gentleness. Jerry Bridges in his book, The Practice of Godliness, has written that gentleness is an active trait describing the manner in which we should treat others. And he continues, he says, meekness is a passive trait describing the proper Christian response 
when others mistreat us. So we need to have a proper manner of gentleness and how we treat others. And we need to have a proper Christian response, meekness when others mistreat us. All right. End quote there of his quotes there. I was kind of working through that a little bit because I wanted to get a better grasp on that myself even. That's really important to grasp. We don't correct others just because we have a difference of opinion. We correct based on the truths of God's word. God's word is our standard of right and wrong. We can too easily get caught up thinking our way is right, it's the right way, and they're not doing it our way, so they're wrong. Or they're not thinking the way we are in this situation. It needs This needs to be clearly about obedience to the word and not about my personal preferences or opinions. I want to take a little marriage sidetrack here on this one because, ladies, I think so often about our husbands. We want them to lead, and when they do, we can find ourselves criticizing and correcting instead of letting them make decisions and lead. Let him lead. If this is not an issue of sin, share your opinion, pray over the matter, and let him make that final decision. We can find ourselves wanting to control instead of letting him learn how to lead. And part of that learning that he needs to work through may be making mistakes. Never, never do you give him and I told you so, or we should have done it my way. Never. The reality is, if he's messed up, he already knows it. You don't need to say anything. We all know that, don't we? we nobody needs to tell us when we've botched something. But love and support and encourage him to take that role by not constantly having to be the one to be in control of all things and have your way be the only right way. I'm sharing this tidbit because it took me too long to learn that. Um, I, we've been married almost 36 years. It'll be 36 years this month, actually. I wish I would have grasped that sooner in my relationship with my husband. Our desire should be for one another to live by the truth of the word and to help each other to live in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. In 2 Timothy 2.26 from our earlier text, Paul uses the word snare, and a snare traps an animal, just like we fall into the trap of sin and we get caught up and we can't get out. We need help. So our hope is the Lord will grant repentance, right? That we'll hear someone, whether it's the Lord, the spirit at work in us or someone speak the truth. So if this is someone that some, I'm rambling here because I have like a hundred thoughts in my head I want to get out. But if someone is caught in a snare and you're the one that's, that's going to help, you see it and you want to help them, In that moment, pray that the Lord will grant them repentance, speak the truth, let the Lord do his work in their hearts as only he can, and pray the Lord will grant them repentance. I am so grateful for many people who have come alongside me and spoke truth to me when I was wavering off the narrow path. I may not have responded correctly initially, but in time, the Lord was gracious to let me see the error of my ways and be able to give thanks in and through all things, and especially to be thankful for people who truly love me enough to continue to point me to truth. Give thanks for those in your life who come alongside and point you to the truth. Be one of those friends who loves your brother and sisters in the faith enough to come alongside them and gently, kindly, firmly, graciously, and prayerfully point them to truth. Have a heart that's ready to hear truth or when you're thinking of something wrongly, have a heart that's receptive to that. Why do we do it? Because we love God and we love others more than ourselves. And why? Because Jesus is enough always. 
I'm grateful for you, my friend. I pray this was an encouragement to you today and that the full show notes and any links or quotes or whatever will be over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, I would so love and appreciate if you could take two minutes and leave a rating or review wherever you listen in. It has been a huge help when you do that to other ladies finding the podcast. So I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who have taken the time to do that. You are all such a sweet blessing to me. And I will see you back here in a couple weeks as we work through Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 42, as we continue in our Sermon on the Mount series on retaliation. So I do pray you have a very blessed week, my dear friend. Thank you.